Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, bidding you welcome from Atlanta. And a great show lined up for you today on the podcast. We'll get you up to date with all the news and notes and what's ahead on the schedule this weekend. And our special guest, a great friend to the club, and that is ESPN's Fran Frischilla. Franny will be along to talk about the big game he's calling this weekend, Auburn and Baylor, and all kinds of news around our announcement this week about our Naismith Defensive Player of the Year men's and women's watch list that was revealed on Tuesday and Thursday. That heads our Jersey Mike's news and notes for the week. The men's defensive player of the year watch list includes last year's winner, Marcus Garrett from Kansas, but he's going to have some stiff competition to win it again. And you'll hear more from Fran about that in just a moment. On the women's side, the players listed represent nine different conferences. So stiff competition for the award on the women's side as well. Our news and notes continue with these tidbits. Stanford, their athletic teams allowed to return to campus, and that includes, of course, the men and the women's basketball teams. And for the women, they are back for the first time since November. They have basically been living in a hotel, practicing in high school gyms. Uh, it's been a nightmare in terms of travel, but they've held it all together. They've got, obviously, a great ball club, and we heard from Tara Vanderveer on the podcast earlier this season. But they do have a chance to return to campus and actually play a home game. One of the stories that's developing around college basketball, more so on the men's side than the women's, but still it's the, uh, the rumors are out there, their teams are considering not playing in conference tournaments. Now, you're hearing this drumbeat more from men's coaches than anyone. You haven't heard it from ADs. You haven't heard it from TV executives. But it is out there because the NCAA is bringing all of the 68 men's teams to Indianapolis for the tournament. We know that this virus has a two-week lag time before it shows up in the testing. So there are teams that are considering not playing in their college tournament. Gonzaga is one. Uh, the West Coast Conference Tournament scheduled to be played in Las Vegas, and they don't want to risk any illness with their team that would prohibit them from getting safely to Indy uh, without a virus concern and then being in the bubble for close to three weeks. So more to come on that. And on the men's side as well, the Auburn Tigers rejuvenated uh, with the addition of Sharif Cooper. Fran will talk more about that. But did you know that Auburn has twice this season blocked 14 shots in a game. They did it again when they knocked off Missouri earlier in the week, 88-82. Babatunde Akingbola had five blocks in eight minutes. Amazing. Time now for our Citizen What to Watch For for the weekend. Citizen, the official watch of the Naismith Awards. Citizen's EcoDrive watches are sustainably powered by light and never need a battery. On the women's side, Thursday, number four, South Carolina goes to number 21, Mississippi State, and a key matchup in the Big Ten as Indiana plays host to Ohio State. The virus news kicks in. Number 10, Arizona women postponed this weekend their games in L.A. on hold due to COVID protocol, second time that the Arizona women have been forced to shut down this season. Men's games of note, Friday night, number seven, Iowa at number 19, Illinois, just the usual nightly key matchup in the Big Ten. And then this weekend, we've got the Big 12 SEC Challenge and a lot of great games that are lined up. Number nine, Alabama, the front runners in the SEC, they go to Norman to take on number 24, Oklahoma. 
Auburn with Sharif Cooper taking on Baylor. Fran will talk more about that. And number 15, Kansas, will be at number 18, Tennessee. Then looking ahead to next week before we rejoin you on the podcast, another big game in the Big 12 as Baylor travels to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns. My guest, Fran Fraschilla, is up next. We'll have that interview for you. But first, this word from Jersey Mike's. Good things come to those who wait. At Jersey Mike's, they also come to those who don't. Download our app, order ahead, and skip the line. Cut to the Chase by Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above. Well, it is always a thrill to have Fran Fraschilla join us. Such a great friend to Naismith. He hosts our Naismith Awards brunch at the Final Four every year, which we, of course, are praying that we can all come together and do that again in Indianapolis. He's on the line with us. Fran, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm not only a great friend to Naismith, the Naismith people, Eric Olbermann and all the people with the Naismith Awards, but I'm a great friend of yours, Bob, and I'm glad to be on and we can share like we do off a podcast, some great basketball banter back and forth. Well, thank you, sir. It's uh, it's one of my great uh, pleasures in life to consider you a friend, and we get to work together, particularly in the summertime at TBT, and uh, we have a blast, and I, I love our company because we are hoop junkies, and uh, we love all levels of basketball, and you have are right, of course, in the middle of your Big 12 schedule and other games, but Big 12 primarily. And, Fran, you have had some amazing games just in the last week. Yeah, you know, it, uh, they never seem to disappoint, you know. And um, I, love, uh, I love being a part, as you do. Uh, I get to see, I'm, as a former coach, I get to coach both teams. But I don't leave. I don't leave the. I don't leave the building with an L. And this year, I don't leave my home office with an L. I just. I just go 15 feet to my kitchen, get a bite to eat, and usually sit down in my den and watch the next game on. So yes, uh, we've had some exciting, thrilling uh, finishes to straight Big 12 games in the last week, and that is probably emblematic of what the Big 12 is about this year, Bob, because. As we take this, um, there are now six Big 12 teams in the AP Top 25, and it is a great basketball league this season. I think seven of the ten right now, I'm predicting, uh, of course, the virus will have a lot to do with this. Man plans, the, guy, the virus laughs. But uh, God willing, uh, seven teams will go to the NCAA tournament from the Big 12, in my opinion. And um, we just, you know, we hope these teams stay safe, get through the regular season, and then we all get to end. Fran, what has made the Big 12 so good these last few years? Uh, the double round robin, certainly, we love because everybody yeah. plays everybody. But what is it about the Big 12 that makes it must-see TV every night? Uh, it's, it's a good question, Bob. And I've been a part of it for 17 or 18 years. I think I have a great perspective. Um, I think, I think, first of all, uh, and as this goes through, remember, we had some issues, as everybody did, with realignment, and things got a little dicey there for a while. But um, it has some great basketball tradition uh, in the league when you think of uh, the, the old Big Eight, for example, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Hilton Coliseum, Johnny Orr, Larry Brown, uh, you know, teams like that. Um, but you also have some schools that, 
that you know the Oklahoma's uh, Oklahoma State certainly had great basketball tradition, and Mr. Iva comes from Oklahoma State, Eddie Sutton. But so I think the football schools, uh, as as I would call them, have caught up in terms of basketball. Baylor now, obviously, one of the great programs in the country. Rick Barnes and now Shaka Smart have Texas at a high level. So I think that's the first thing. There's been solid tradition. Secondly, the state of Texas, which is recruited heavily by the league, has got some of the best high school basketball in the country. And that's only a recent phenomenon. Always been great athletes here. Um, the influx of people back to the Sun Belt, to Atlanta. Uh, you know, when I, when I, grew, when I grew up in, in the 60s and 70s in New York, a lot of my black friends that I went to school with in New York, they were from families who migrated from the South up to the North, to the factories, the car factories, the steel mills. And I think in recent years, I see this influx of people coming back down South, where I live in Dallas, Houston, Fort Worth, Atlanta, and they bring that love of basketball with them. The coaching's gotten better in the high schools in Texas. Oh, and by the way, I think ESPN's helped. Um, the month, mm-hmm. Big Monday package, you know, people like myself who love the league, we've promoted the Buddy Heels and the Javon Carters and the Trey Youngs and, you know, the, the Monte Morrises and the great players of Kansas. And all those things add up. It's a long-winded answer, but I think you get an idea. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Uh, well, speaking of the Big 12, uh, today we are announcing our Defensive Player of the Year watch list. You're a voter, of course, for that. But I think, Fran, the one thing that jumps out at all of us is that on the watch list, there are four Big 12 players on that list, including last year's winner, Marcus Garrett, from Kansas. That is pretty impressive for one conference to have four Defensive Player of the Year uh, players on the watch list. Well, it's not surprising when you think about the the type of coaches that are in this league because uh, there was a stretch last week, and it may have changed a little bit, but... um, Four of the top eight defensive teams in the country last week were in the Big 12. So, obviously, when you talk about Baylor and uh, Bob Huggins' team at West Virginia and Bill Self and, you know, uh, somebody like Lon Kruger, all these teams are playing terrific defense. Texas Tech with Chris Beard at Bob Knight style. No surprise to me that there are that many uh, players from the league. Last year, the champion, uh, the big the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year, was Marcus Garrett from Kansas. Obviously, he's still a nominee this year, but there are other guys that I'm really impressed with. There's another name on that list I wanted to get your take on, Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big Charles Bassey actually just had a chance to talk to him yesterday. And I have watched this young man since he came to America from Nigeria. When when he was 14, Bob, I, I, have, to, I have to say there's a Twitter there's a tweet about me saying he's one of the best 14-year-olds I've ever seen. And at that time, he was um, when he came to the States. Um, I saw him at a tournament in Dallas. Um, but having a really good career at Western Kentucky, elite shot blocker and rebounder, um, will play in the NBA someday. Kind of an old-school big guy, so he's a little bit out of style, but there's room for a guy like that. And, you know, like a lot of defensive I, – I can't imagine I, I wouldn't say this about every nominee, but he plays with a high motor. Uh, how do you have a defensive nominee on uh, the Naismith Defensive Player Award uh, candidate who doesn't have a high motor? But yeah, Charles, right. Charles Bassey has a high motor, as do all of these other, uh, you know, very uh, uh, deserving nominees. Well, we've got to invite fans to join you on your podcast, the World of Basketball podcast. I'm, I love that, Fran. Thank you very much. We we kind of bring we shrink the basketball globe for you, Bob. 
and uh, and we have some great guests from around the basketball world. Uh, some in the NBA, some in college, some of my friends who play and coach around the world, and it's a lot. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I'm enjoying it. You know, I get the chance to be curious about people from all over the world that I either watch coach, uh, watch to play, and I'm having a blast. And uh, Charles Bassey was my was my uh, most recent uh, uh, guy that we interviewed, and uh, you'll you'll hear from him shortly. Oh, we can't wait! He's a great young man. Well, that's that's a must listen for all basketball fans for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Naismith Player of the Year candidates. Our Jersey Mike's Naismith Player of the Year last year's winner, of course, Obi Toppin, and and really the, the top five vote getters. Uh, four moved on. Luca Garza came back, Fran, and I think you know was sort of the uh, sort of the odds-on favorite in a lot of places to win it uh, because he was returning. But as this season has unfolded. You've got your eye on a lot of different guys uh, that that might win this thing, right? Yes. Well, first of all, I would have to say in candor, Luca Garza has not hurt his chances this year. Right. <laughs> he is a monster. There's no senior slump from Luca Garza. That much I know, and he's he's having a tremendous year, and certainly uh, deserving of being a Naismith uh, Award candidate. And who knows how how it all play out? He's certainly deserving of being exactly where he is. Uh, in the voters' minds, and he's certainly high on my list. Uh, Jared Butler is part of a great team at, at Baylor with three great guards, which is why, you know, you don't really think of him as the National Player of the Year, but he's been terrific, without a doubt, uh, the young man from Reserve, Louisiana. And I would think you could say the same thing about Drew Timmy, Corey Kispert, and Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga. Uh, three guys that in a given year, Bob, if they weren't sharing the great success of the Zags uh, together, which makes them you know, the best team in the country, each of these guys, I think, could end up being uh, the national player of the year. But there's so many other qualified players or guys that are going to be high on the list. Uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis and Ayo Desumu from Illinois. We're, we're having a great college basketball season, and these young people are representing their colleges extremely well. And I know, Fran, you want to get a plug-in for the players and coaches for staging these games for us and all the excitement that we've seen in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, what they have done is amazing. Yeah, it really is, Bob. I mean, safety first, and those even those few naysayers who don't think that, you know, we should be playing college sports, uh, you know, there's always going to be a few. But obviously the first thing we all want concerned about is the safety of the players, coaches, and staffs, uh, and the fans in cases where they come uh, to the games, uh, you know, socially distanced. But uh, it's been an amazing year. The coaches and players have shown great uh, flexibility. Uh, they're certainly overcoming some adversity on a daily basis, um, and there's certainly been games canceled, but we're all thrilled every night we get to call a game and uh, you know, as you know, in my case, 80% of the games I'm calling for ESPN are from home, so I'm staying safe. But um, we're just grateful that we have college basketball, and we're very hopeful and upbeat about the idea that we're going to have an NCAA tournament in, in Indianapolis in March and early April. And um, yeah, kudos to the players and coaches who are, you know, uh, participating in what is a once-a-century, let's say that again, once a century, uh, you know, natural disaster for our country and the world. And uh, 
but these kids and players and coaches are providing uh, great, not only great entertainment, Bob, but every young man to a man I've talked to is ecstatic to be able to go out on the court and play basketball. Yes, they love it. Uh, next up for you, Big 12 SEC Challenge. And a yeah. very interesting game coming up Saturday is Auburn and Baylor. And you talked about Davion Mitchell on the uh, defensive yeah. watch list. He goes up against a guy who's energized Auburn since he became uh, a part of the ball club, and that's Sharif Cooper. And I know how you love to research. That's what makes you so great as an analyst. Well, I do too. And I have one. I have one for you here. These are the last four freshmen, okay, to average 20 points, five rebounds, and five assists. Okay? Now, Cooper is there. Okay? He's going to go into the game this weekend at 25-5. and five. Before him, Markel Fultz. Before him, Kenny Anderson, Georgia Tech, in the 89-90 season. And the last freshman before Kenny, Danny Ainge at BYU in 1977-78. Boy, I've written this down. And, of course, uh, because you are Atlanta-based, you know how good this young man, Sharif Cooper, is. Oh, yeah. McEachern High School, pretty successful program there. And, uh, you know, he's going up against, uh, in Davion Mitchell, a, you know, Naismith Defensive Player of the Year award nominee, one of the very best in the country, who also started his career at Auburn for Bruce Pearl. So we have a lot of storylines. And uh, Adam Flagler, who's an outstanding player for Baylor, coming off the bench in the backcourt, he'll be a star soon. He has hooked up with Sharif Cooper on occasion. He played at, uh, I believe, Duluth High School. So uh, it's going to be a great, it's going to be fun uh, to see these guys match up. No, that's going to be great. Uh, listen, we could talk for hours. I know you're busy getting ready, uh, but we, we're so thrilled you could take time to join us. How is Meg? How are the boys? Tell everybody. They're great. Speaking of Markel Fultz, uh, James is in Orlando, as you know, with the Magic and uh, helping Markel with his recovery. And uh, Matt's up at Villanova. They're doing great. And Meg and I are staying fairly safe. That's outstanding. Well, we cannot wait. And I know Eric uh, shares these sentiments and, and Barry as well. We cannot wait to see you at the Final Four. Uh, come uh, early April, we'll reconvene, and, and hopefully we can pull off uh, our awards brunch that you so masterfully uh, MC. and it's just such a great day, and uh, we're holding out hope that we can make all that happen and we get to see each other again. Always a pleasure, Bob. Enjoy that Atlanta Hawks season. They're on the rise, and uh, you, know, you know you and I will talk some hoop here very soon. That's going to do it for this week. Join us again next week for more on the college basketball scene on a Trophy Life podcast. And when you get there, make sure that you rate and review our podcast. That really helps us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere that you can come here once a week for some great interviews and great content. So until next week, this is Bob Rathbun from Atlanta saying so long.